0: Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. We are just so ready for this next season as we come back uh, into Thrive at this time. So um, just uh, just before I get into my word today as well, um, I just want to... Uh, just say just something in what um, Deb was saying in, in regards to hope um, I, I really as she said that, I really witnessed with what she was saying um, and I immediately got this thought that came to mind was that uh, that that grief isn't the opposite of hope, but that despair is the opposite of hope um, and And if you and if you're in a place of grief, um, don't settle. For for hopelessness and despair. Like grief is a process. It's something to be journeyed through and acknowledged and whatever that, you know, whether you're grieving your age, your lost loved ones or whatever, um, is around your life that you're needing to let go and process. But I just want to say that you can have hope in a place of grief. That you can have hope in a place of grief. I just want to just let that just sit with you um, it just came to mind as, as we were um, as Deb was ministering uh, this morning um, just before I get underway as well I just want to say a massive thanks to all those who uh, looked after Thrive family while we we're away as well. so can we put our hands together for Mitch and Liz for Lynn and for Peter for our team of our staff team for Kerry um, for all those uh, all you guys on host team children's ministry worship band, uh, life group leaders. Everyone who just, you know, you're the church, and so just massive, massive thanks um, to you. Um, this morning, I want to bring a word that really is a kind of a two-part uh, word to it this morning. Uh, it's, it's called All In For Family. Um, last week, I very briefly, uh, or next week, sorry, uh, I'm going to be speaking a little bit more on this, but we had this um, just an amazing time um, in prayer, Deb and I, um, actually on a Hopi beach, and um we we really put a stake in the ground. This actually was um, a piece of driftwood that I picked up beforehand, and I thought, gee, this is a cool um, bit of wood, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have this as a memorial for our sabbatical and the time that we've had together. And then we ended up um, praying, and um, it's a really amazing time. Anyway, <laughs> already cried twice, <laughs> and uh, and we put a, a stake in the ground for healings and miracles and revival. In our in our nation, our families, and so we're believing we're believing that our God can do incredible things uh, in your life, in our region. In, in in our world um, and, and in, sab- in sabbatical he did incredible things as well um, Deb and I had we had some amazing times adventures and honey I love you we just our, our marriages strengthened and our families strengthened one of the um, most incredible things that uh, happened for us over sabbatical was actually in the context of our children um, we, Deb and I just had time to spend with our kids uh, we had time to invest into our kids. We realized that we uh, possibly are a little too uh, plugged in all the time with church. And so we've kind of, we're have kind we going to come back in to actually endeavor to put a few more boundaries uh, uh, in our lives as well so that we can actually really prioritize and nurture our, our family and, and the needs of our children. And um, we just had the best holiday together um, in Terry and Hamna, Uh, In the middle of like it was a code red weather warning up there. Remember when you know roads were closed and um, it was crazy. But we just had so many laughs um, as a family. Had some amazing adventures, and so um, we've come out of uh, sabbatical. Deb and I have really loving and appreciating each one of our children more. And and that's a really cool. That's just cool. That's just cool. Um, I just wanted to share. Uh, with you and 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 as I share about family this morning, um, maybe you, you might get challenged today. Um, I hope I don't offend anyone today, but I hope that today is a day where, where God actually puts something into your heart that you can take a hold of and go, I can apply that uh, into my family. Or maybe I've been looking at my world and my family. Because my, my, today I'm talking about our, our family units, but I'm also talking about the family, the body of Christ, we as a family. Uh, so um, back in uh, 1998, we were married. Um, 2001, we built our first home, and um, it was a it was a real. Uh, incredible opportunity at that time, and and I'd gone back working. I was working as a chalk artist in town, and and I was paid well. And Debbie was um, uh, a nurse at that time, and we were able to just get our first home, and it was a, a total. It feels like just one of those God things, um, and it's been. It was incredible to get into the property market, and it was a three-bedroom home, and um, and then about three years after we moved there, Grandma and Granddad moved around the corner, um, just around the corner on Rouse Street, and and. I think we've got granddad and grandma up here. Um, this is Bruce. Bruce and Nolene, they've, they've sadly since passed away. Um, but these guys, this was actually the day after our wedding and that was the car that we had for our little honeymoon, a trip up to Hamna, it was awesome. And so granddad loved cars and so they got into it and went vroom vroom. And, um, they're amazing people and I do want to just honour the legacy that has been on their lives. Um, if you didn't know Bruce and Nolene, this is, um, uh, Lynn, Lynn's parents and, um, They're just incredible people. Anyway, so they moved around the corner from where we were, and then we started having babies. Just things happened, and and babies came, and, and that was awesome. And Grandma, she just loved, like, babies. She just, like... There's a baby in the room. She's right there. And our kids loved being around grandma and granddad, mainly because they had this incredible pantry full of food. And so they would, like, we were like, where are the kids one day? I think they were like, two years old, the twins. And that actually made their way around uh, in their nappies um, to grandma and granddad's. Crossed two roads um, in the process. And, um, yeah, I know. Debbie, what were you? Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> I've already started. <laughs> um, but as our family grew, our house became smaller. You know what it's like? Um, yeah, our house became smaller. And and at this, at this time, grandma and granddad were in their late 70s and 80s. And we knew that if we moved to a bigger home, um, that grandma and granddad would, it would really affect their lives. We were like really quite close to them. And Um, and grandma no longer drove a car and so it just kind of kept that connection up um, with them for us to be close to them and so we had four children at that stage in a smaller home and um, we started getting busy planning this renovation for our house and and going okay what walls are we gonna move out so that we can stay here but have a bigger home and it just never happened it never felt right to actually renovate um and, and it felt like God was saying hey just stay here because you know God cares about your homes and your families and the soil that we live on and the dreams in our heart for you know homes and families and so you know this is whatever is important to, to our heart is important to God's heart yeah and yeah and um, and so we thought well we're, we're just gonna um we're just going to stay here, and we had this idea that maybe we could move somewhere with grandma and granddad, um, but we didn't want to initiate that conversation because, it, I mean, it's a huge thing to get your head round, and to like, we don't want to put any kind of pressure on them or anything like that. So um, we thought, well, if if if, um, if they come to us and have that idea, then you know, then we'll talk about it. But we won't go and we won't talk to them about that idea. And then we had another. Uh, five child on the way and we're like flip God I hope something happens soon Um, one day I'm driving past grandma and granddad's house and I know I had a prompting of the Holy Spirit to go back and have a cup of tea with them because I just never really did that just Oh, I was off somewhere, and I'm like, you need to go and sit with them and have a cup of tea. So I, I did that, and um, when I sat down, Grandma had a picture of a house in Wood End, a property with two houses on it. And she was like, hey, have you ever thought about us getting a property together? And I was like, well, funny you should say that. Um, and we didn't actually purchase that property but granddad found the property that we now live on and he was really excited about the soil because he was a farmer and so um, and about where they were going to build their house and and so essentially that happened We actually um, moved there and Grandma and granddad built a house and, and we've been there for nine years now and um, it was amazing for us to be able to journey with them for um, you know the final years of their lives not only us but obviously, Peter and Lynn and, and other siblings uh, as well. Um, it wasn't an easy journey at times to actually to, to live close with relatives. Um, it, was, it was difficult. Um, but we could see God's hand and his faithfulness over the generations in our family. And this is actually a testimony now for our family. This is how God gave us our home. This is how grandma and granddad were honoured through the context of of their final years and how we could stay close and present um, to them and so I want to say that God has got a heart for your family he's got a heart for what you're caring about he's got a heart for your grandparents your, your children, your, your brothers your sisters, he loves loves family you know when Jesus said um, when you pray pray our father not my father you know, like he's talking to he pray, pray, our Father. Our Father who's in heaven. Let let my prayer to him first acknowledge that this prayer is not just about me and you, God. This is about us and you, God. God sees not us. I mean, yes, he sees us as individuals, but he sees the impact of our families and our lives around us. And today my message is called All In For Family. Um, Paul's... Uh, Prayer in Ephesians 3.17 is really Thrive's plumb line verse for Deb and I in leading this church. And you're probably like, Here we go again. We've heard this verse so much, and you have. But this was a verse that God spoke to us about as we started our journey in leading this church. And I just want to bring it again today because it's how we really believe we're to continue as a church. Um, uh, it's our greatest why for us to do anything in the context of church life. And it says this, this is Paul praying, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, some translations say all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ Christ you know, one of the uh, revelations that is in here is that there's something in the width and the depth and the length and the height of Christ's love that can be only experienced in being together. There's something, there's something about that where, where, where Paul's seen it, where he's seen the love of Christ manifest in the context of community and family. So who knows that being in family is so easy, That like there's always harmony and like there's never any friction in relationships. You know, I mean, sometimes our family life has been the complete opposite of easy and it's a little crazy at times and sometimes it's all my fault. You know, like I'm the catalyst of the crazy. And and you have in every family, you have this variety of personalities and different tastes and different opinions and different likes and different hormones going on. And and, and sometimes, you know, family life can sound like a choir with everyone singing slightly off key and out of tune and and in there with their own kind of instrument going away. See, I've got a clip I want to show you right now. Are we good to go with that clip? Come on, turn it on, run it, it up, blow it out. GTO. Wow, 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 yeah, yeah, little GTO. Wow, 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 yeah, yeah, little GTO. Wow, little GTO. Why, boys, make some noise? Boys. Let them know that oh, we are right here. White boys it make it some noise pound, pound. Let them know we ain't going nowhere Can't stand to All folks say You're, gonna gonna go you're White I boys make it some noise Turn on. Let them know I'm I got you all a girl boy Who's a boy Mom, I'm your boy ch ch Yeah, you get the picture right That's what family life Can be like at times And I think you know, I reckon God's like, um, when he's thinking of putting families together, he's not thinking, how could we just make this the mo- most harmonious family? He's like, hey, let's just put a this personality here and a bit of that in, and angels, let's come and watch and see what happens in that family. Um, you know, when uh, piano's... Lose their tune, or they, or guitars even, you know, historically have fallen out of key for centuries. The only sure way to tell if an instrument was in tune was with a with a tuning fork, and um, I think we've got an image of those here. It's a like a two prong metal device there, and it's meant to guarantee a hundred percent. Pitch accuracy, and you can find uh, tuning forks that are like over 300 years old in antique shops today, and they still resonate with the note as clear and as crisp as they uh, did when they were first produced. Uh, I want to just use that point to say that Jesus Christ holds the purest note, He is the clearest sound, and He is the only one that resonates at perfect. Pitch and, and regardless of your experience in family growing up, whether you grew up in a dysfunctional family, whether currently you would say, Well, my family can be a little bit dysfunctional, uh, whatever you're battling through in the season, in the context of family, Jesus has made a way for us to capture his love, to receive his love, so that we can resonate in that same way in the context of our family lives. So I'm here, my word here today is that I, I have this sense that, that, you know, our nation is built on the strength of families, right? And the, the church of Jesus Christ, there's a grace for us to, to receive so that our families can actually resonate like better than you've ever resonated before. Come on, we, we, our God is a, a glory to glory God. That if you've, if you've just got this perspective of, oh, that's just my family, that's just the way they behave. You know, that's just, uh, you know, eye roll. That's... Then I want to tell you today that God wants to upgrade your vision for your family. He wants your family to become a unit of love, like rooted and established on the love of Jesus Christ. And, and, and for, for the church, you know, to thrive in this world um, where there has never been so much <clears throat> information, Speculation, uncertainty, disagreement—you know there's so much noise in the context of this world. We have to remember that we first gather around Christ. We just—that's well, what we—that's what we do. We're not pushing a political agenda. We're not pu- pushing anti-vax or pro-vax or you know what you should do. And that we believe that everyone should have a free choice and a free will when it regard, and we should respect um, everyone's opinions. We gather around Christ Jesus. Um, I love what Peter Mortlock said. I heard him say this uh, recently, that a Christian being right is not included in the fruit of the Spirit. (laughs) It says this in Proverbs 24, 3-6, By wisdom, a house is built. So wisdom creates a structure. And through understanding, it's established. And I'd say here that understanding establishes a home. It takes something from bricks and mortars to actually this place of I understand you, I see you, I'll step into your shoes, I understand, I'll I'll, I'll look beyond my own needs. And then it says, through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. And this is where I believe this is saying this, that knowledge or really knowing one another— Knowing each other in our family, in our church family, by their prophetic words, by their personal dreams, hopes, and aspiration, reveals the beauty of what has been established in a home. The establishment of love, of Christ's love in our lives, it just doesn't materialize accidentally. Um. And we've seen that. I mean, Deb and I have been praying for years for our family and for for different members in our family to come into this revelation of God's love and to actually um, put that on display within actions and speech and willingness to serve and all those things. But that just doesn't happen like that. I mean, at least someone's got a family that that happened in. Is there a hand? But because we're pastors, we don't have the perfect family. (laughs) We have our challenges, but... Established, being established in love requires us to, be, to partner with the Holy Spirit in our family context. You know, to, to really allow the Holy Spirit to give you grace to know how to speak, how to respond, and how to lead as parents in your church. I want to, I had about four essentials when I started this message. It was way too long. I've come down to two essentials uh, that I want to give you uh, today to grow family before we wrap up uh, number one the first thing that we need to do to grow strong families is to face what we've been trying to avoid uh, Jesus said in Matthew 5 if you know one as anyone as anyone's got an issue with you go to them and sort it out before you worship um, and there's every chance that if you're avoiding your family um or avoiding people, you're avoiding your next phase of personal growth. Our personal growth is deeply, our discipleship journey is deeply connected to the people in our world. You know, taking shortcuts in life shortcuts our life. And I understand that it's true um, for those that we trust the most in our lives, have the potential to hurt us the most, but our families will never be built by division. They're going to be built through trust and unity. Um, so I want to just, very, this is a very short first point actually, I want to encourage you to not avoid what you need to face in this season. It's only going to leave you with regret if you avoid facing what you need to face up to. In the context of, the fa- of your family, what needs to be faced? Let me just hit you with a few of these. Are, are you currently dealing with a financial crisis? Is that something you need to face? Uh, Is there a relationship breakdown in some area? Do you need to own? And occasionally I've had to own this. Do you need to own your own shocking behavior of yourself? (laughs) Or is someone else's behavior in your family just really bad and you're tolerating it and it needs to be addressed? Uh, Do you struggle with anger or porn addiction? Like that's just, that's really toxic uh, for family life. Uh, does your family go from drama to drama I just want to finish by saying that Christ has a pathway of freedom for your family but you have to face and address what needs to be faced you've got to be real it starts about being real with where you're at and facing up to what we need to Um, heaven's wisdom starts with owning what we need to own So let me, I'll finish that one there. You know, last week we saw that Mitch has um, a bit of a coffee conviction. Would everyone, I I somehow I got that as I was watching the sermon. Some would say addiction. Um, (laughs) You know, convictions, I want to talk about convictions just for a moment. You know, convictions are not just verbalized suggestions, Convictions are spoken with certainty, and they come alive with our actions. And we can remember like Mitch's convictions, like he had all these different ways to extract coffee. He was like, "I am gonna, I have a conviction to get the best out of this bean, for goodness sake." And 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 I don't know if you've experienced this though, that it's impossible to impart a conviction that you don't actually have yourself. Um, If I told my children that they must eat their parsnip. I couldn't do that with conviction. (laughs) I hate parsnip. I'd say something like Deb says that you need to eat parsnip. (laughs) It's a workaround. But we have, um, as parents, um, we have this conviction that families belong in a local church. We have this conviction. We love the generations being together on a Sunday morning, or you know, on youth on Friday night. We love. We believe that church is for every generation um, in our family. And in the in the practical sense, in our home, while our children live under our roof, they go to church. And um, this is something that we've decided for our family. And this is not a judgment that I want anyone to wear today, me saying that. Because everyone's from different backgrounds and has, has different experience. You've got different makeups of your family. Um, you may be parenting alone. Uh, you may be from a family with one Christian parent. I know that there are so many things that make that statement, to have your children at church with you every Sunday, really difficult. And at times it's been really, really difficult difficult for us, but we've, we've endeavoured and are endeavouring to do that. The irony is is that three of them aren't here today, so let me just tell you that. So, so I just have to be real there. Um, but we are really proactive in regards to our family's attitudes about church and their attendance of church. And we've had to have the tough convos when we need to, and we put consequences down there when we need to as well because we've got this conviction for our children because we love our children. That's where the conviction comes from. And and this love for our kids looks beyond the present into we see who we believe they're going to become. So we're seeing them as 20-year-olds and as 30-year-olds, as citizens in our nation and community going... Our nation needs children with biblical values, and and gee, it could be it would be so much easier for to not you know to not do that fight. Um, we don't want to put a heavy burden on them, but we want to call them up into everything that God has put in them. You know, the world wants to put stuff on them, and 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 their friends and, and their peers and their and and all that stuff from you know the junk of um, of of Today's society wants to just put stuff on us, but God is calling us to call stuff out of people. And so part of us doing that is we're calling out the gold of our children. Um, we had this word from Michael Maiden in 2020, uh, 2019. Um, Deb actually received it from him. We were being prayed for, and the word was that we're raising champions. And um, at that time, um, you know, it was difficult parenting moments, and, and we needed a God word, like we needed a word that would, that would encourage us as parents to go. We, we're going to, we are raising champions, and so um, we've stood on that word. And we can see the fruit from that word. We, we've got, and, and I want you—if you feel like you're in a really hard place—I want you to start telling yourself that you're you're here to raise champions, whether they're in your own home or spiritual children. Whether you're a grandparent, whether you're a teenager now, man, God wants to use every one of our lives to raise champions through us. So, my second point today is to strengthen our fam- family. We need to define what our convictions are. What are the bottom line convictions that we have to live by as a family based on the values that you have? Um, I want to remind you as parents uh, today that your children and our society generally don't know what's best for them. You do, and the Bible does. Um, Speaking from a vast number of varying experiences as a teen uh, and young adult for myself, I knew that my uh, frontal lobe wasn't fully developed until I was 25. I needed some adult help. I needed some adults speaking into my world. I needed some parents speaking into my world because teenagers find it hard to look beyond the fog of the present into the future. Um, there's so much pressure in our society uh, today to um, that says you know just about everything is permissible. Um, and society is giving younger and younger children over to explore the freedom of their will. And, and, we, can, and, and we don't think this is good, obviously. Um, we can see in regards to New Zealand's mental health stats and system that this just doesn't work. Um, I want to just remind you today that freedom with, uh, starts within secure boundaries. Um, freedom promotes a sense of safety and well-being. Uh, it says this in 1 Corinthians 6.12 from the Amplified Bible. Everything is permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. And then it says, and bought under its power, allowing it to control me. The premise here is, is that the things that are permissible have the power to enslave and control. They are non-beneficial. So I just feel like, you know, today I want to draw a line in the sand and say that freedom isn't the discovery of our personal permissible truth, but that freedom is located in the discovery of the truth found in Jesus Christ. He is the one resonating with the purest sound and biblical truth, the truth found in Christ Jesus contains no nasty side effects. Um, You know, and as parents and as leaders, um, I believe that we must carry a conviction that our families and our church family is to be fought for in words and actions. What if we just have the band up now? You know, we live in an hour uh, when, uh, you know, uh, we're our globe. (laughs) You know, when I'm talking about the hour, our time, our society is placing a huge demand on our convictions, essentially. And so I want to encourage you not to waste your energy engaging with speculating, throwing stones, but I want to engage you, I want to encourage you, I want to bring you back to the fact that Jesus Christ is the very core and epicenter of your family, of your faith, of your worldview, even, regardless of our age or experience. Today, I want to say that there is great hope for your family, that the best is yet to come for your family and for our wider church family. And maybe you're here today and there's some stuff, like I said, that you would love to re-wi- re- rewrite about your family. Perhaps family members have burdened you, uh, put stuff on you. Perhaps there's brokenness in your family, um, that, that you don't know how to put the pieces back together with. Perhaps even today you recognize that you're holding hurt in your heart to do with your family. You're carrying stuff and you need to let go of some stuff. And Jesus says these beautiful words Come to me, all of you who are burdened and weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke because it's easy. And lights. I just want a church. If we just stand right now in this moment, thank you, Jesus. Just um, let's just close our eyes just for a moment and open our hearts to the Holy Spirit right now in this place. Spirit we just thank you Father for the establishment of your love in our hearts that while we were still sinners Christ you died for us that while we're in a place of brokenness and despair your saving power was released to us as people for eternity we thank you for that but we even say now that right now that you've died for us. You've died for our families and you've died for the bits as, as followers of you, Jesus, for the bits that are incomplete and broken and and we have questions about. Jesus, we just thank you that, that, that your death and resurre- resurrection permeates our moment today. We just give you praise, Jesus. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media.